And the thing I think about vulnerability being so significant is um, invulnerability is the place where we can be healed or we can be hurt. And we don't know which direction it's going to go. That's why vulnerability is risky. That's why it takes courage to acknowledge and live in that space of vulnerability. But the reality is invulnerability is the place where I can experience healing. But the thing that scares us and what many of us or probably all of us have experienced is when I was vulnerable, I was hurt. And so somewhere in my life, I made the pledge, I will never be vulnerable again in order to create safety. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. We're happy to be back with you today with our host, Dr. Greg Miller. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's great to see you again. We have a special guest with us today from our staff here at Faithful and True, Dr. Josh Moon. Josh, great to see yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, Randy. Good to have you with us. We've been looking forward to this podcast today because uh, Josh is going to share a lot of his um knowledge and understanding and experience in dealing uh, with clients and his own personal studies. And we're going to talk about vulnerability today. Right. In fact, we're going to be working on two podcasts around vulnerability. And I'm really glad that you're here, Josh, because of your background in biblical studies, what we're going to first start talking about is kind of the theology of vulnerability. And um, it's something that, especially in recovery, we can hear about but I think what we're going to be talking about today is like vulnerability as a foundational theological principle in who we are in our identity and who God has created us to be. So let's just start with what caused you to believe this would be a great topic for us to talk about? Yeah, it's a very personal topic for me because I happen to be an individual human being who is vulnerable mm -hmm. and did not like that reality. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I come to this work, so I'm... Uh, on staff here as a pastoral counselor at Faithful and True, and I work with individuals and lead men's groups. And I came to Faithful and True with a background in theology mm -hmm. and a PhD in biblical studies. And I like trying to think about the work that we're doing in this context of, like you said, a theology of vulnerability. Right. And my mind always works that way. So when I came had to come to terms uh, with the reality of my vulnerability. It's just kind of my nature, my right. trained nature, mm -hmm. as well as personality to say, okay, well, where does that fit in this big question of a theology of, of being human? Right. And well, and there's much more safety in studying vulnerability than in acknowledging <laughs> yeah, yeah, experiencing and vulnerable. vulnerable. That's right. That's and, why yeah. this first podcast is easier for me. Right. We're going to talk about the theology of vulnerability. <laughs> That's my sweet spot. Well, and part of it too is I think many of us have been led to believe that, how do I want to say this, that vulnerability is an option. I can either choose to be vulnerable or I choose not to be vulnerable. But the reality is our identity is that we are vulnerable. And if we're not experiencing our own vulnerability, it's simply because we are masking it. We are hiding it. We are living outside of the truth of who God has created us to be. We are vulnerable. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's on purpose. Mm -hmm. That's the theological bit is that was on purpose. God didn't 
try to make us invincible, invulnerable beings, and he just oh, it didn't quite get there. Right. And it's also not just a fact of after sin and death come into the world, then we become vulnerable. Uh, you think of a baby, an infant, they are vulnerable. So vulnerable. Right. Yeah. And they're vulnerable all the way across the board. Right. And that's not a negative thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It, one is that idea, one of the things that we teach um, here at the workshop is this idea as as children, we were dependent. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't able to clothe ourselves, you know, feed ourselves, provide housing for ourselves. So we were completely dependent upon the adults around us. And so dependency in that context is part of what that vulnerability is. If I literally cannot do it myself, I'm dependent upon somebody else, I'm living in a state of vulnerability. That's right. And there's a myth, and I think, I don't know, I know it's an American myth, maybe wider than that, that the path is a growth out of being so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's a myth. Right. And mm-hmm. the vulnerability shifts. But as soon as I learn how to put food into my own mouth so I don't have to depend on somebody else, well, now I'm vulnerable to the fact that this kid next to me, I'm aware that he can reach over and take my toy. Right. And now I'm vulnerable in this new set. And right. we're always growing. And that vulnerability doesn't ever leave us. Right. It, it's almost a characteristic of being human. Right. You would almost say that it is. Yeah. central to the human yeah. experience right. and there's a theology to that god did not make us to be invincible invulnerable perfect uh completed within ourselves beings independent right. well, and so the idea is god could have created us self-contained and if i'm self-contained then i'm not vulnerable because all of my needs all of who i am can be met within myself so the fact that I am needful, and that's one of the terms that we use here, we don't like the term needy because such of a mm-hmm. negative connotation associated with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What we do believe is that we were created to be needful. We have needs. And the presence of those needs that we are unable to meet ourselves is, again, part of God's creation, intentionality, which, again, creates that vulnerability. I think one of the mistakes that we can make is believing that, okay, we are vulnerable, but we see vulnerability as just one small aspect of who we are, kind of like Superman. Mm. You know, we love that idea of Superman. He was invincible. He could do all this stuff. And then there was the kryptonite. And so there's this one context or this one experience where he would be vulnerable. Or for those of you familiar with the Death Star, um, in Star Wars, they created this massive machine that could destroy planets. And yet it had this one vulnerability. And if you could get to that, you could destroy the Death Star. It's not like there's one aspect of us that is vulnerable. It is the state of our being. It is our resting place um, is that vulnerable place that God intended. Yeah, and it's a very old mythology, right? Mm -hmm. So the old story of Achilles, where he was to be made invulnerable by being dipped into a river by his mother. Right. And so she took him and took him by the ankle and dipped him into the water and he came out. And so he was invincible except for the one spot that she was holding, holding the Achilles tendon that we say. And so it's a very old mythology of, wow, what a great hero. But there's just that one spot of being, and if I can get to be that and just hide this one spot and protect the one, 
but we wear our vulnerability all over. Right. Mm. The rest right. of us are not Achilles. Well, and like that myth, it is it is not just a myth, but it is the vision cast mm-hmm. of what it is that we are supposed to be. That there is an aspect of us that maybe accepts our vulnerability as just this small part of who we are. And the kind of the idea is this healthy functioning adult has this invincibility except for this one area and we acknowledge that one area because that's what creates humanity you know but the reality is like you said it's not just one aspect that wasn't touched by the water it is comprehensively who we are well it seems to me at this point before we move forward it would be helpful for us to try to um, describe or define what vulnerability is we've been using that term a lot and so what what is vulnerability? What do we mean by that? Yeah, I think it's important to notice being vulnerable is a passive mm-hmm. verb, right? So we don't talk about too vulnerable. Right. <laughs> it's to be vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. a state of being that I can be impacted by the things that are outside me, that the things outside of me can hold sway and push and pull for the good, for the bad. Um, I can't control that. And it can impact me Mm -hmm. uh, in ways that I cannot control. And the thing I think about vulnerability being so significant is um, invulnerability is the place where we can be healed or we can be hurt. And we don't know which direction it's going to go. That's why vulnerability is risky. That's why it takes courage to acknowledge and live in that space of vulnerability. But the reality is in vulnerability is the place where I can experience healing. But the thing that scares us and what many of us or probably all of us have experienced is when I was vulnerable, I was hurt. And so somewhere in my life, I made the pledge, I will never be vulnerable again in order to create safety. Yeah, that's exactly right. We run from the fact of our vulnerability and we try to hide it, we try to find armor to protect it, we find things that buffer between me and the way things outside me can impact me, so I'll only let them impact me this way, or you know, I'll put myself in situations so that can't hurt me or that can't hurt me, and all of it is always pushing away. Mm-hmm. That's the pursuit of invincibility has to push other things away in order to work. And you lose connection, you lose attachment to the world, you lose all the things that are good and necessary to being fully human mm-hmm. by pursuing something that's not being fully human. Right. Mm-hmm. When, one of the images that I think represents vulnerability beautifully is the creation story and the nakedness right. of humanity. And yeah. that we, we were created in nakedness. Nakedness represents that vulnerability. And when there was this chaos that was introduced, then the response was to get clothed, to get protected. And yet we carry our nakedness with us, even if it's hidden underneath our clothes. And so we are reminded that there is that place of creation where this was the point of origin. We were created naked. We were created vulnerable. And many of our attempts is simply to cover up that which is obvious and evident. Yeah. And I think if we put it in that chronology in thinking about theology and God's working in the world with creation. We were, we were created vulnerable and it was good and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they were not ashamed of being vulnerable because they were safe with each other. And then they walked into a world through actions 
And now in this story, they are uh, vulnerable and afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid of it, afraid of each other and afraid of God in their vulnerability. And so they cover up. And so now that vulnerability, now we really don't like our vulnerability. And I think some people have this idea of redemption being a kind of new invulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's a new armor. A new armor, you know. And so uh, put on the full armor of God gets used as, see, God's my armor, so nothing can hurt me. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is not true. Right. I mean, ask Jesus, how'd that go? Yeah. Like, he was vulnerable. And that was a part of his glory in the end. And a part of life in this world, he says to his disciples, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Ufta, right? Yeah. That's why Minnesotans say ufta. Like that. No, no, no. Don't do not do that. Like send me out as a bear among wolves. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> give me a chance. Like, give me a chance. <laughs> give, me a, give me a fighting chance. Yeah, here. that's right. <clears throat> and that's not what I'm doing. So even this state. So we're created. We are vulnerable. We get hurt by the world through our own choices and the actions of others. And we hate our vulnerability. And God is there to save us from our vulnerability. No, actually, that's not what he does. Now he redeems it, but right. he redeems it as vulnerable people. Right. Well, and that's the key. Again, it's not redeemed armor. You know, it's not the goal is to get new and improved armor that will create safety and protect yeah, that's us. That's right. That's right. It is this idea of we are able to move towards the beauty of created vulnerability in our redemption. Exactly. And again, the image of nakedness, we are told very clearly that Jesus was naked on the cross. And so we are seeing that vulnerability in the beginning, the nakedness that was safe because there was vulnerability and there wasn't harm. Or what's interesting is what happened is this awareness. It was not that the vulnerability became bad. It simply That's became, right. there was a self-awareness about vulnerability and it became scary. And so we've lived in this fear of living in vulnerability. And I often say that when we can find that safe space, it is reclaiming a glimpse of paradise. You know, we're going to talk about this more in the next podcast, but part of that community where we find community where I'm safe, I'm known, I'm connected, that is a glimpse of the paradise that was intended. And it's the invitation that we experience through Jesus to reclaim paradise. And again, it's an invitation towards vulnerability. Yeah. And it's the embracing, right? So we have to give up this idea that I will find safety in keeping things away from mm -hmm. me. That's not safety. Safety is not invulnerability. Safety is wisdom within right. the reality of vulnerability. And that's the important pursuit. And what God gives us is wisdom. He doesn't give us a suit of armor in that regard. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. That makes it so that I can't be hurt anymore by the world. Because, I mean, the truth is, it, vulnerability sucks in this world. Right. Like, mm -hmm. that's just what's true. Like, it really is tough to be vulnerable in this world. We hate it for a reason. Right. We fear it for reasons. And... That's why it's so tempting to be like, so God, save me out of the ability to get hurt. And he doesn't do that. Well, and what's interesting is as you look at Jesus's interactions with people, in many of them, there is a direct invitation to vulnerability. 
the rich young ruler, when he said, go and sell everything that you have, I, what Jesus was aware of is that he had created a safety. He had created an armor through his wealth. And the invitation was move from the safety of your wealth to the vulnerability of that poverty that you fear so much. That's where you're going to experience transformation. When he invited Zacchaeus out of the tree, it's literally the tree was that place of safety. And when he invited himself to go to Zacchaeus' home, he was entering this protected place that Zacchaeus had created. And it was that experience with Jesus that what's beautiful is Zacchaeus chose the vulnerability to say, I'm going to give away my wealth. I'm going to pay back everybody that I have robbed and, and misuse my you know, status as a tax collector. I'm going to choose to move towards vulnerability. vulnerability. And that's that place of transformation. Yeah. And that's, you know, we talk about intimacy here and the pursuit of intimacy and how terrible it is that intimacy has become a euphemism for sex. Sex and intimacy mm -hmm. are not the same thing. Right. Um, but intimacy is giving knowledge that if I give this to you, you can hurt me with it. Right. right? I'm, I'm going to let you know me in a way that means you can. It's saying I am, in fact, vulnerable mm -hmm. and I'm going to let you know something about that reality. Right. Yeah. And it's that unprotected, unguarded. Yeah. And, um, and it's what undefended God, place. That's right. And it's what God actually invites us into, invites the tax collector into, right. invites the woman at the well, like. Go back to the city where you are a disgrace right. and tell them, like, go. That's the lamb among wolves. Okay, well, go. Right. Well, and what's, what's interesting, the, we, we teach the story of the woman at the well here at the workshop. And one of the things that I want to highlight is in that conversation that Jesus had with her, um, he offers her an invitation to vulnerability. When he mm -hmm. says, go and mm -hmm. get your husband, mm -hmm that what, he, what he's doing is he's exposing that thing that makes this woman most vulnerable, and that is her unmarried status. And in the first century, a woman's identity was the fact that she was a wife and a mother. And so for the, the woman who did not have a husband, who did not have that status, when Jesus said, go and get your husband, and she has the courage to say, I don't have a husband, she was basically saying, by cultural standards, I am a nobody. And that is that step of vulnerability, her shame. I am worthless. I am nobody. I don't have a husband. Jesus was able to enter into that vulnerable state and actually create safety with her. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I love her response because uh, it's so honest, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we do too. Even when we're invited into vulnerability by somebody who is absolutely safe. We'll just put our toe in, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, right. I don't test have the water. Yeah, test right. it, which actually, there's yeah. a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of wisdom in that, especially for us. Um, it's when we're not with Jesus, especially, you know, right. which happens to be uh, most of the people we interact with. She's honest. She doesn't tell the whole story. Not, right. not at this point, but at least she's honest. And then Jesus just says, lays it all out. Yeah, let me tell you the whole story. I right. already know. Yeah. I already know how vulnerable you are. And that's actually why he had to come to the well. As the text said, he had to go through Samaria. Right. There's no geographical reason why he right. had to go yeah. there. In fact, there were actual cultural 
and theological reasons not to go there. And so to say he had to go through Samaria is that in order for Jesus to be Jesus, he had to move into Samaria. He had to move towards that which had been determined unclean. And unclean, for the first century, for the Jewish tradition, unclean was the greatest status of vulnerability because you were on the outside. You were not a part of what was going on. Yeah. And that's... So when we see Jesus, well, here's the theology part. When we see Jesus walking around, we are seeing the full image of God walking around. What mm-hmm. it, would it be if God was to walk around Minneapolis? You know, mm-hmm. it's a, well, that's what it would be for God to be walking around. God knows people's vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. He already knows them and walks towards them in that vulnerability they don't have to become vulnerable they are vulnerable right that's what shocked the woman at the well is that jesus knew what jesus knew right you know and when he shares that with her i mean if you've ever seen a filmed adaptation of that encounter the look on her face when he reveals that he knows her whole story you know because doesn't uh, she says something about well, aren't you the chosen right. one? Right. Well, you must be. You obviously, must be, you're a prophet. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, you're a prophet because yeah. you know more about me than I was willing to share. You know? And one thing, it, it's interesting, we've used different terms because we've talked about the state of being vulnerable, but we've also used the plural vulnerabilities. And I think both of those things are true, that we have this state of being of vulnerability, that we can try to hide it, we can try to deny it, God created us to be vulnerable. We are vulnerable. There's also this aspect of specific vulnerabilities, those parts of our story, those parts of our experiences, the personal aspects of who we are that even create a greater vulnerability. And so acknowledging it takes courage to live in a place of vulnerability, and it takes significant courage to move towards the specific places of vulnerabilities. Yeah, I've heard sermons, so I'm going to pick on the church a little bit. (laughs) Um, I've heard sermons where pastors will talk about just, you know, sin and the reality of sin and then, you know, be vulnerable themselves by saying, well, you know, I really struggle with perfectionism. Mm -hmm. In other words, like, I'm really good at stuff. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I just struggle. It's kind of like telling the employee one of my my weaknesses is I work too hard. I work too hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I care too much. I take take my job too seriously. What are the negatives? I'm just too good at what I do. And it's it's that the idea of and maybe that you know there's discussions about the pulpit being the right place for this for that blah blah blah. I don't care. Right. That's saying. I'm going to show you this place that's not actually one of right. my vulnerabilities. Right. And But I'm going to put it in a way that's acceptable because I'm so afraid of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to walk that path. Like there is too much on the line for me to say what's right. really happening. I, I often think when we are vague about our sin, then grace is also vague. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. It's that in, it's, and that's been a part of my own story. I know what it is to hide. I know what it is to deceive. I know what it is to create an illusion and an image and hide behind my armor, however I... And and what was true for me is I knew how to create the illusion of vulnerability, Mm -hmm. which is even more chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, But to to really remove as much of that as I possibly can to be more fully known, to be more fully exposed, is a part of that redemptive journey. 
Yeah, we have to talk to our men here at the workshop sometimes about the ways we craft our narratives. Mm -hmm. I want to tell my own story. So even the worst part, if I can gain control of the narrative, then I can be safe. Right. Because then even my vulnerabilities, I can make in a way that's less vulnerable. You know? mm, yeah. And so having to, it's another part of our armor. We try to cover ourselves by manipulating, by controlling the narrative, by hiding, shifting, deflecting, minimizing, all the things right. we do all the time, even in recovery, it's easy to start walking down that path. Well, and that is a great segue for our next podcast, because we are going to continue our conversation about vulnerability, but in the context of what it looks like to be vulnerable in recovery. Another thing that I think is important, and we can talk about it in the next podcast, is this idea of, yes, being vulnerable and being wise in our vulnerability. That um, we are certainly not saying that it is important that you get out there and you let everybody know every detail of yes, your life. Please do not do yeah, that. Yeah, that is not. I remember early in my recovery, I'd just been exposed. I was in so much chaos. I felt like I owed everybody my story. And literally, I was getting my hair cut by someone and I was about to tell them what was going on in my life. And fortunately, I had the prompting of, I think, the spirit <laughs> saying, the person cutting your hair doesn't need to know you were just fired from the church. You can just be silent about this and, you know, you're not being deceptive. So there is this belief that in order for me to be honest, everybody has to know everything. And so when we come back in the next podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about what does it mean to be a good steward of our vulnerability right. um, so that it can be transformative and not create more injury. That's right. Could we possibly convince you to join us for part two of this very interesting podcast? Uh, Josh, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. We do look forward to podcast number two on this great subject. Uh, if this subject today has opened your eyes to your reality, we invite you to take a look at our website, faithfulandtrue.com. We have been astounded recently at the number of workshop registrations that are noting that they found out about our Men's Journey Workshop um, through listening to these podcasts. And we're grateful for that because that means that the word is getting out and we are reaching the hearts of the affected. And we, we hope that uh, you will find it in your heart to reach out to us to let us help because that's what we do here at Faithful and True. Visit faithfulandtrue.com and uh, there you'll find many resources. You'll find over 400 podcasts like this one. Um, and uh, as well as our online bookstore and other great uh, blogs and other, uh, other great resources for you. So until we meet with you again, we thank you for joining us. We ask that this coming week be a week for you. It's filled with many blessings and with great vision.